but this show will continue to help you understand the things that affect your health while looking for unexpected discoveries along the way. It will also explore thought-provoking ideas and questions like this one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we're just going to answer some of the questions that we haven't had a chance to answer over a long period of time. Uh, and, and right now and then, uh, we will answer select questions that seem to be questions that we think a lot of people out there might be asking based on what we hear in the histories that come in, based on what we hear from people who have uh, uh, the types of conditions that we uh, address. So the first question we're going to address today is, is pernicious anemia autoimmune? It seemed to me that that one uh, could be pretty well easily back figured out mm-hmm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. Can it cause severe pain and tummy issues you describe? I think pernicious anemia is autoimmune, but I think it's a very interesting thing to maybe expand on a little bit in mm-hmm. types of things that might be connected to. And mm-hmm. So is it autoimmune? Can it cause severe pain and tummy issues do you describe? The tummy guy will answer that. <laughs> so relative to pernicious anemia, technically it's autoimmune gastritis where the immune system is attacking your stomach. With pernicious anemia specifically, we have immune cells that attack intrinsic factor. Intrinsic factor is the product made in your stomach cells that binds to B12 so you can absorb your B12. But in that process, a lot of patients who have autoimmune gastritis may also have their immune system killing the parietal cells of the stomach as well. And in the course of that, that means basically your immune system is killing your stomach. Just like if your immune system was killing your joints, it would probably hurt. A lot of patients who have autoimmune gastritis do have gastritis, they have stomach pain, and we pick up this entity pretty frequently. It's not very commonly tested for in the medical world unless you are egregiously low in B12. Um, That's been our experience. And um, you also have to have a serum gastrin done as well because gastrin is a hormone made in your stomach. And when your stomach is breaking down, gastrin goes up. That's one way to detect pernicious anemia or autoimmune gastritis. So the answer to the question is yes, it can cause your stomach to hurt. And yes, it is autoimmune. It's frequently associated with an H. pylori infection in the stomach. That seems to be the underlying cause as to why the immune system is attacking the stomach. It's trying to get to that bacteria. Although I will say... So just know the statistics on H. pylori infections. 86% of the world has H. pylori. 50% of Americans have H. pylori. I've been in practice for eight years now, and I can't say that I've seen one positive H. pylori test come back from the standard gastroenterology tests. And so it's frequently, um, let's say the sensitivity and specificity varies with each test. And lots of times you may have what's termed an indolent infection. So it's maybe you had it, maybe it's gone. It's, they're not... 100% to detect via the lab testing. So just know that because I've talked to pernicious anemia patients. They say, well, I had H. pylori test done and they're negative. Well, that doesn't really mean anything until you have the full battery of tests done for that. So that's pernicious anemia. And it's related to Hashimoto's too. Yeah, it can. So if you have Hashimoto's, Hashimoto's, yeah, yeah. thyroiditis and you're having gut problems, it might be something also autoimmune attack against your thyroid, autoimmune attack in, in in your stomach. So, yeah. Okay, I think that handles it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, let's say, can you please comment on veganism? Uh, I have so many of the issues you're talking about. And since becoming vegan, I've had very promising improvements with my health. This could go, this could be almost any diet. True. In other words, True. I mean, I hear this commonly. I, I went to, uh, I'm just kind of laying the groundwork here. I went to a autoimmune paleo diet. I felt much better. I went to a vegetarian diet. I felt much better. I, I, I took weed out. I took gluten out of my system. I, I went much better and so on and so forth. Um, we're both vegetarians. Yeah, so we we're so just understand we're <laughs> that don't eat eggs. That don't eat eggs, yeah. So so uh, so, so uh, okay. So they're eating good and, and and they've improved comment on the vegan vegan diet and why that may be happening. Based on the, our patient population, since the person who wrote this says, I have so many of the issues you're talking about. What I would say is I've seen two types of vegans. I've seen vegans who really focus on eating a ton of vegetables. I've also seen vegans who eat nothing but grains and like almond butter. And so if you're more of a grainitarian, the current literature is not as favorable on that regarding the microbiome. Maybe you feel better because maybe and it depends on what the health issues are. Like, for example, patients who have certain types of arthritis will put them on a vegetarian diet, and that's been shown and research studies, several research studies to be beneficial for certain types of arthritis. Whereas if you're eating more of that vegetable-based diet, that's really one of the best things you can do for the microbiome. As Dr. Rutherford has said in previous broadcasts, we went to the 2013 International Conference on Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine, and they had the top nutritional people there in the world. I mean, all over the world. Yeah, like 18 or 19 yeah. presenters. From and the whole point was for veggies to account for literally like 90% of your diet. 5% fruit, 5% meat. And so if you're vegan and you're not eating the meat and you're getting adequate protein, but you're eating lots of veggies, that's one of the best things you can do and not grains. That's one of the best things you can do for your microbiome. So if you went on a vegan diet and you feel better, that's awesome. We're happy for you. That's fantastic. We're not necessarily completely surprised. But the issue is, is that a lot of patients, a vegan diet is not realistic for them and it's not necessarily beneficial for them. We have a lot of patients who have neurological issues and the last thing you want to be doing is putting them on a vegan diet. And this is coming from two guys who, again, are vegetarians and don't eat eggs. And so all these things have because to be looked at in an individual-specific pattern. You want to put them on a vegan diet because? Because, well, it's massively deficient in B12. B12 it's, right. There's a tendency to be low in protein. A lot of people have a hard time staying with it, and they end up eating grains. So you come to that situation where you're like, okay, what am I going to, am I going to eat the duck or am I going to eat the sourdough? <laughs> you know, you have to eat something. And so most people go for the sourdough, which for most of our autoimmune patients is actually the wrong decision. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. And also like if you're a vegan, it's some, uh, one of the reasons you might feel improvements is it's almost like being on a fast all the mm -hmm. time. Now, some people go to vegan, vegan diet and feel better and, and some people will not. They might have a, uh, they might have uh, uh, FODMAP problems or, or oh, something yeah, like exactly, that. Yeah. Um, so you might have, so believe it or not, there might be actually vegetables that are feeding the bad bacteria in your, in your gut by sugars. So it can be confusing. Yeah. So that's, that's an aspect of it. You probably feel better because of a, a big part of why you feel better is, is when you're eating a vegan diet, if you're not eating, if you don't have a bad bacterial problem that the, these certain vegetables are feeding, you're kind of on a fast. So you're decreasing inflammation and you're probably, if you have any of the autoimmune problems that we treat and 70% of your immune system is in your gut, you're probably dampening immune inflammation too. So, so those are probably some of the reasons. Usually 
they, they, if somebody came into me with that and said that, so well, why am I feeling better? And this is, and, or, and then I'm not, but I'm not feeling all the way better. The answer would be, well, why, you know, why do you eat on a vegan diet and feel better? It would be because there's something wrong with your intestines. So what's really wrong with your intestines would be the, the answer there. But uh, so that might be yeah. that I, I'm just trying to round out the whole picture there of that. And I'm glad you said the thing about that. FODMAPs, because I mean, if you're vegan and you have IBS or if you have Crohn's or if you have ulcerative colitis, you have SIBO, being on a vegan diet can be one of the worst things for you. Yeah. I, so trust yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's and just tons and tons and tons of nuances to diets. Uh, Doug Gates has uh, played with these diets. We use them all, all sometimes two combined together. Sometimes none of them. Sometimes like just figure out what your food sensitivities are. So it really is highly individualized. It's not. There's no one diet. Uh, but but you know we're vegetarians. So eating a, a largely plant based diet definitely is as a base is definitely a good way to at least start to figure out what your diet should be. Okay. How do you figure out what and where the inflammation is located? We don't. <laughs> I guess that would be. How do you figure out what? Yeah, I, I don't know. We kind of do a little teeny bit. I know I do the gut exam and, and, and there'll be a lot of inflammation in certain areas. Most of the time, the inflammation, not all the time, most of the inflammation will be in the distal ilium and in around the ileocecal valve and the ascending column, which is, by the way, where you get Crohn's disease and where you get celiac and where you get irritable I don't know, irritable bowel would be fair. Um, uh, a leaky gut, food sensitivities, a lot of those form there in that particular area. But other than that, it's just it's nice to be I mean, able to, a, to, to correlate it for the person. But but yeah, inflammation, if you got red fingers, I, I'm not quite sure 100% yeah, I mean, where you're going with that of like, can I find out that there's inflammation here and target it? The answer is no, we're, we're looking for inflammatory markers. And, and this is a common question. We do get this, you know, we'll, because a lot of people get confused on the C-reactive protein because C-reactive protein says C-reactive protein cardiac. So everybody thinks they have inflammation in their arteries. Excuse me for hitting the mic. Inflammation in their arteries, inflammation in their heart. It doesn't really mean that. It means that you have inflammation throughout your body. Right. And if there's inflammation throughout your body, it can affect your arteries for sure. Also, inflammation is such an odd thing. You know, we've, we've looked at studies that say there's 26 causes of inflammation. What you, you know, you, you are what you eat. So if you're eating the standard American diet, grain fed beef, inflammatory uh, fats, you're eating grains, all dairy, all these things. Well, you're going to be made up of inflammatory fats and chemicals. And so if you get hurt, then you're going to break down your tissues like you dealt with patients for 30 mm -hmm. plus years. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have much more inflammation than you should have. And so that's one source of inflammation. You know, your, your cells, when they're breaking down, that can be inflammatory. But lots of times what we're talking about in terms of inflammation is inflammation throughout the entire body. So. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a, you know, there's, there's inflammatory markers, but they're inflammatory markers. We look at them as, okay, this confirms that the person's got inflammation. Like you said, the C-reactive protein, homocysteine, um, Maybe it said rate. Said rate. It helps us to characterize how bad the inflammation yeah. is. Is it autoimmune? Is it more generalized? Is it B vitamin based? But really, but if it. you have high blood sugar, you have inflammation going. If you have low blood sugar, you have inflammation going. You have high iron, you have inflammation going. You have low iron, you have inflammation going. So really, inflammation. What Dr. Gates is saying is, is, is it's it's a, it's a it's mostly a body type thing when you come in here with chronic pain and. And the key is, is you have inflammation. There was the day of, 
we're, we're drinking and people are still probably doing it because for a certain amount of the population, people were drinking bottle, very expensive bottles of like, I don't oh, know, like, yeah. like noni juice noni and these stuff. Yeah. And not to disparage these things, but it was like, oh, it's inflammation. That's the thing. Well, okay, but what's causing the inflammation? Um, and, and it's usually general systemic type of problems that are, that are coming on. So it's not like you figure out somebody, it, it, it's very complex in, in, in that, in, in the sense of like, if the person's got low blood sugar, you got to correct low blood sugar. Person's got chronic low iron. Why is that? Do you need to take an iron pill or is it that they have a chronic iron problem because they got an autoimmune problem and, and on and on and on. So it's, it's kind of a complex answer, but in the end, and in the end, that's what you need to do. You need to understand. In other words, we could do an hour lecture or more. <laughs> I could do an eight hour lecture on inflammation, but you need to find out inflammation is a natural response. Okay. When things go bad. You need to find out where it is. It's complex. It can happen anywhere in your body for almost virtually any tissue, any joint, any artery. It, it's, it's so, so it's, it's quite a complex, complex uh, answer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, in our world with people coming in here, usually we're finding it's general systemic type of inflammation from the types of things we have autoimmunity, leaky guts, food sensitivities, uh, high iron, low iron, higher blood sugar. It's everything. <laughs> everything, everything that comes at stress hormones, everything that comes in here creates inflammation. So um, it's probably more than the 20 some that Dr. Gates was talking about. And last one we're going to do today. Have you had much success with adding ginger tea to the diet to help inflammation? I'd say no. Yeah. That's one of these things, you know, there's this whole aspect of functional medicine where we have uh, functional nutrition and people talking about, you know, yams for progesterone and ginger tea for inflammation. And I'm not saying that can't work, but we have not really seen that work. I can't tell you how much we've tried based on the literature, as Dr. Rutherford has mentioned. You know, we research articles, and I've tried combining things like milk thistle with berberine. And we run basically small little clinical trials here all the time. And if we don't see it work, and as our producer and uh, inventory manager for our supplements will let you know he would pull out all of his hair. <laughs> he has pulled out all of his hair on this issue because we'll try something. We'll order 20 bottles of, you know, peppermint or milk thistle and we won't see it work. And so then it just sits on the shelf forever till it goes into the trash can. So that's kind of our model. And I, I haven't really seen ginger tea work for inflammation. I know you're being marketed to all the time right now by the supplement industry and people out there talking about things like this. Maybe it works for them and their patient population. We just have a pretty, the people that come here have tried everything too. So they've tried the paleo diet. They've seen all the integrative practitioners. They've seen all the regular uh, specialists. And by the time they they get here, they're usually pretty severe. So that's our patient population. So using something like ginger tea for someone like that usually isn't not going to work. But maybe if you're just out there and you're eating the same American diet and you want to start drinking ginger tea rather than 12 diet Pepsis a day, like some people, not Dr. Rutherford, but somebody we talk about, then you may feel better. That's kind of the point. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, this seems rather simplistic, but uh, we're marketed too heavily, as Dr. Gates says, and, and it can it can play with your mind. Or maybe you go to an alternative practitioner and you're taking supplements for six months and the practitioner and you, and you say, it's just not working. They say, well, you just need to take them for longer. Okay. We have found that to be the case. They either, if you have good supplements, they either work or they don't. If ginger tea, if you're drinking the ginger tea and it's not changing your inflammatory process, it doesn't work for you. 
It doesn't work for our patient population. And I will comment, I love ginger tea. Every time I go to my favorite coffee shop, yeah. I get ginger tea. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But so. yeah. Okay. So that's all we're going to do for today. And uh, next week, we will be back with a, a topic, more along the lines of the topics that we have done over the last several years. So. If you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again, and uh, take care. episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.